Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everybody watching online. Got a little treat for you. Let's start things off with a video from this week. And while there, maybe they'll tweet us their fan photo, BB. Now's the time, fans. Uh, get on the uh, Twitter with a hashtag of the whole thing, AZ Data Strong Fan. Then you might see your fan photo at a Diamondback TV broadcast brought to you by T-Mobile. <laughs> I mean, look, look at the one on the right. Do you have to with, make faces when you take selfies? Wait, one more now. Oh, there you go. Better angle. Oh, check it. Did that come out okay? That's the best one of the 300 pictures I've taken look, of myself like, today. Every girl in the picture is locked into her phone. Oh, Lord. Every single one is dialed in. Welcome to parenting in 2015. <laughs> They're all just completely transfixed by the technology. David Peralta. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'd take a selfie with the hot dog. Selfie with the churro. Selfie just of a selfie. I can't even get my phone to take pictures. <laughs> Took a picture of your thumb last week. That was good. <laughs> Here's my first bite of the churro. Here's my second bite of the churro. You know, the beauty of baseball is you can sit next to your neighbor and have a conversation, or you can just completely ignore them. Peralta knocks it into center. David tonight, two for two, a leadoff single here in the fourth. And nobody noticed. <laughs> uh, did you see that? Help us, around? please. Somebody help us. Help us. Yeah. We need to. Can we do an. <laughs> I saw that. I love how they can't let it go. <laughs> right? They just couldn't let it go. Um, but you know what it did? It really. Uh, I could go off about technology and all that sort of stuff. But you know what it reminded me of today? It, sh- it reminded me this week of just the word focus. <laughs> In this life, focus. Um, <clears throat> I, we live in a world where it's becoming increasingly impossible to focus on any one thing for a period of time. And I'm going to talk a bit about this today, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I had a hard time focusing on this message yesterday because I had to go to the dump. I finished the deck and I had some mowing to do. I had a lot of things going on. And so very ironically, I'm so hypocritical because I'm pounding through it. And I, I just couldn't, Kirk. I couldn't focus. So it might come across a little bit uh, fragmented, but of course the power is not in me. It's in what Holy Spirit wants to do here today. But I want to say this. Okay, so let's look at the, well, I don't want to say the ultimate, but let's look at a picture of focus. we got four slides here. I'm sure it's the book of Matthew we're hanging out in today. Welcome everybody online. <sighs> Jesus just got done with, I believe, the Olivet Discourse. I'm not sure, but anyway, he just got done with a big crowd. He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat he sent his disciples on was considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, as you do. You know, I love how Matthew just says it, right? Walking on the lake, you know. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Boy, you know how many times don't be afraid is in the Bible? I think it's over 300, isn't it? Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water, says Peter the brash one. Come, he said. Then Peter got up, down out of the boat, he walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He said, you have little faith, why'd you doubt when they climbed to the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying this, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's stay right there. Number one, Jesus accepted worship. 
It means he's either a crazy heretic or God himself because he accepted worship in front of you. Do you see that? Nod your heads. Yes? Jesus is God. <clears throat> Number two, <clears throat> don't read it like this. Oh, you have little faith. Why'd you doubt? When my son's trying to learn or my daughter's trying to learn uh, riding a bike, do, do you, is that how you talk to them? Right, exactly. It's more like, oh, you almost had it, buddy. Right? Oh, you have little faith. Why'd you doubt? Oh, you had it, Peter. Get up here. Come here. Also, look at this. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. This week, I felt like I've been sinking. <sighs> this week, I felt the prayer lists. And when does Jesus show up? Oh, I'm going to punish you today. Let's read that first word. Immediately, in your need. So let's try that again. We're going to pretend we're all adults and we're going to play along, right? In our needs, when we feel like we're sinking and drowning, when does Jesus show up? I'm not here to beat you up. I want you to get on board because this week I won't be with you, maybe Wednesday, when you feel like you're drowning, when you're tired of getting in the car and going to the same stinking job that you don't love, and you're wondering, Jesus, where are you? When are you going to show up? And you have a promise you can hang out on. And furthermore, he's not going to chastise you. Joe, you ever felt like when you have a bad attitude some days, you, you don't want to get near God? That's not the situation. I don't see Jesus beating people up like that who are, who are really trying to focus on him. Do you? Oh, I'd you doubt you had it, buddy. Keep going, man. Right? <clears throat> That's the posture I read it. I'm not going to preach out of this message today because you all got it. You all get it. When he focused on Jesus, the supernatural was available and happened, correct? But then he looked at the waves, right, Mary Beth? All of a sudden, boom, that's what happened in the focus. And, 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 and we're even more, so, so this, this, there is the sermon on focus. I'm not giving it, okay? I've heard it a hundred times. I've probably given it a few times. We're even promised, next slide, if we focus on God, this is what we're promised. <sighs> don't worry, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What do we wear? For even the pagans, people who don't care about their spirituality and don't know God, they run after the things they think they need. Your father knows you need him. But if you focus on, if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, good standing with him, all the things you need will be given to you. If you focus on God, the other stuff takes care of itself. By that, I mean God takes care of it. There's your promise. Focus, right? But again, I don't really want to talk about that today. And as I'm writing it, I feel like God wants to talk about it, but not in that surface way. Because that's your 101 class right there. Welcome to this university. Okay. Following Christ. Keep your eyes on him. See ya. And we're all like, how do you... But with Bruce, what Bruce is going through, and, and what about it? And I don't feel there's so many other things that make this hard because we're human beings. So let's get right into this. Number one, no one wants to do this naturally. I, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna might be staring at the ceiling much today because I have some things to say that aren't going to be popular. It's my job not to tickle your ears or gain fans. My job is to be true to the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one wants to do this, and if you really think about it, and I'm, nobody's coming at you, okay. Even in church, there's so very few people who actually want to follow Christ with every area of their lives. It's just the way it is. If you look statistically, there's seven or eight billion people on the planet. How many do you really think wake up and have thoughts about Christ Jesus throughout the day? Really? Now, 80-some percent of Americans will say that they're Christians. They don't even know what that means. Do you know how many times I've heard, ready? Oh, you're a pastor? Because, oh, I love that. What do you do? <laughs> I'd almost rather tell them I'm a stay-at-home dad because then they don't worry about swearing around me and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> I'm like, you don't know me. Um, <laughs> but um, they'll say to me, they'll say, oh, you're a pastor, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, well I'm, I'm Catholic. And I'll be like, that's cool. And, and, and they'll say something like, uh, they'll confuse it. And they'll go, I'm not Christian, I'm Catholic. Have you ever heard anybody say that? They don't understand? I'm not Christian, I'm Catholic. So, yeah, Donna just said that. And it's like, well, you're neither, really, if you don't know what that is. I'm not of Christ, I'm Catholic, huh? Like, 
So of those 80% of people, really, how many people are governing their lives on Christ Jesus? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And I'm not pushing out condemnation because next slide, please, I believe is broad and narrow. Maybe. Yeah, this is Jesus saying it, Matthew again. Narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through that. But small, the word there is compressed, which might be significant. I'm not sure. Compressed is the gate and narrows the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And I tried to look up that word few in Greek, and I did. And it just means few. It really means few. Uh, Called, few, or chosen, very few. Like, when we're talking about focusing on God, here's what I realize. And again, I'm not coming at you because day-to-day things, but this is something that I feel like our kids rebel and go, oh, yeah, I don't want to go to church mom and dad did or whatever. I want to rebel against the status quo. The status quo is worshiping yourself and following yourself and how you feel. I'm going to stare at Bruce and Brenda today because they're getting me. That's the status quo. You're not a rebel to follow, to, to, to follow you know what I'm saying, to, to not follow Christ Jesus. You're a rebel if you do follow Christ Jesus. That's absolutely true, especially with things like where, your actual life, how you parent, how you hold together your marriage, how you are as a grandparent, what jobs you take. If you're leading your life on Jesus Christ, you are absolutely radical. Really statistically, what is it? Probably 0.001 people on the planet really do this. Would you agree? Maybe. Okay, <clears throat> so, so think about your family. Think about your extended family. Think about your coworkers. Think about your, your, the students in your class. And how many of them are literally like, Jesus is Lord and he's most important to me? Come on, guys, really. Maybe in the Bible Belt, if this somehow ends up somewhere else, but we're up near Canada where I found out that Jesus was God at 17 and I had nobody to talk about him to. I'm going to say that again. It was 1997. It was in the fall of 97. And someone said to me, would you like to accept Christ Jesus and not try to save yourself anymore? And I said, that sounds good because I can't save me. I went to school and I had nobody to teach me about Jesus. Rumor had it that one of the substitute music teachers was a Christian. But in the school, she didn't really talk about it. If anybody all care, it was Derek Lewandowski's wife. So yeah, she a Christian. Never talked to me about it. I I had nowhere to go. I know where to go. Who, who was the radical? Who was the rebel? By the way, some of you went to school with me. There's one right over here. We rode the bus. If I'm making this up, he can shoot at me if he wants to. <laughs> Nobody to talk to about it. So before we get into focusing on Christ Jesus, understand this. If you choose to do this, like he says, though none go with me, still I will follow. Oh, because that's probably how it's going to go down. Do you understand? And even the, you see, you get what I'm saying? Because we think it's so status quo and then it becomes, wait for it, mundane, meh. No, if we actually focus on Christ Jesus, the supernatural becomes available. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, And let me just, let me see Luke real quickly, please. Luke was a physician at the time of Christ and he just says this. You carry a cross, you follow me, you don't become the person who's learned from me. Because it's common sense. If you want to build a tower, you got to see if you got the right stuff, right? Estimate the cost. Because if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone sees it, it's going ridicule to you, ridicule you. In other words, count the cost. AJ's about to give a message about focusing on me, but decide whether or not you want to do it. You know, and here's the thing with good old Uncle AJ, okay? I care because I'm supposed to care, but I don't really care. No, I'm not your dad. You are the ones that at night have to put your head on your pillow and go, what was today about? What did, do you know what I mean? Was it, was it etern- eternity-oriented or was it here-oriented? And I'm not your judge. I'll still love you. I don't care. I got my hands full trying to convince my family that it's important and the people in my life. So these voices, if you've ever felt condemned or pressured, no, no, it's you, man. 
It's you. You're going to be the one who, you get it? Nobody's beating up anybody. In fact, I'm pulling pressure off of you. So ready? I want to just do this real quickly. I just remember, and I see that ideally in, in my mind, this is how it goes. We're all kind of just born into the dark. Now, follow me in this metaphor. Hopefully you're visual. And we're born into it. We're all just kind of fumbling around. And at some point in the complete darkness, in the distance, you see a bright yellow light. Now, now, at first, you don't believe it. You rationalize it. And sometimes maybe you even remember other people saying they've seen it before. But uh, it's been your whole life, and, and, and you've been told by everybody that there's no lights in the darkness. And so you look away, but you feel drawn to it. So you look back at the light. Now, many times before, you've been tricked by what appeared to be light, but it was just more darkness once you got close to it. But there it is. And I got this in my mind. So you draw nearer to it and nearer and nearer. And things come up immediately to try to take you away from the light as you're drawing toward it. Many strong voices shout at you to turn away, turn back. Doubts, fears, memories of hurts, they all start to rise louder and louder, but you just keep focused on it. And actually, it's no longer an it. As you draw near to the, to the light, you notice it's a person. It's a man. He's the light. And you start to see clearly that it is true. It really is true. And you feel the light as you get close. You feel safe and loved and accepted. But all those voices are still screaming and they're accusing and they're telling you to perform, reminding you of yesterday's choices. But you just stay focused and you walk to him. There he is, the light, the only light that shines in the darkness. And you take his hand and everything changes. This is me at 17, a new life, a new you, a new future with promises. And this light, it said, he'll never leave you. And the goal, and you know the goal, and you know what's right, is just to stay focused on him. And the voices are still screaming at you, questions, doubts, fears, but they want you to turn and look at them. That's their goal. Look at me, look here, look now, I'm urgent, I'm important, I'm bigger than the light, I'm more important. But you know what's best is the real way of remaining is just to stay focused on him. And he leads and reveals truth in every area of life where you focus. If you focus your family, yes. Finances, yes. His light shines and reveals it all to you. You just got to stay focused. And the reality of it all is, much like Peter, this is impossible to do, I would say. With man, of course, all things are possible. But we're so easily, part of it is because we're so easily distracted, right? We all get busy and there's so many voices and sounds that, that want my attention. But this is authentic faith, guys. This is picking up our, our cross. And if I'm being real honest with you, this is why a bunch of hypocrites who follow Jesus have hurt you in the past. Here's where the message gets fun for me. We all have stories of, oh, those people were hypocritical or that church hurt me. Yes. You know what they did instead? This is what those people did. I'll tell you what happened. And I've been one too, I'm sure. Okay. I want to say this, that we're all hypocrites in recovery. That's what I want to say. We really are all. Because being a hypocrite is this. Do you know what comes to the word hypocratos, where it means one who wears a mask? Did you know that? In Greek, that means one who wears a mask. And what they were referring to was at the time when they get up and put on productions and plays, they put a mask on. And I hate to tell you all, but everybody wears a mask. When you go into work and you don't feel great, what do you do? Put on my happy mask, right? Seriously. And then, and then you know, put on my impressed by you boss mask. Yeah, you're a good boss. Whoa, that one right there. <laughs> right? We all kind of do that. But here's the thing about that. If anybody ever hurts you in the name of, you know, I'm following God and all this sort of stuff, yeah, let me just put it real simple. They stayed focused on what they wanted, not what Christ said and what he wanted. Here's how I'm going to love you, the way I want to, not the way I'm supposed to. It's that simple. And we do that, don't we? We absolutely do that. I know that. I have to prioritize. Okay, and this is, okay, Ready? When it comes to like how I know I need to love by focusing on him, it's this. Um, 
It means I have to prioritize relationships above being right or how people treat me within reason. And I'm not interested in that. Remember I told you before about my tenants that totally took advantage of me. I'm in a season right now where that's, that's really what I'm learning, but that's the, I got to focus on him and I get that. Okay, do you know something? Let me, in, let, me let you into something. Um, everything I do personally on a Sunday is leading, even here in leading worship is to draw your attention to Jesus. Have you ever known that? They told me not to, I've been told by lots of church people who are good at church that I can't, be, shouldn't be standing in front of a music stand, that I should be out front and performing. And I'm like, no, I want to be away so you're not staring at me. That's the whole idea. Do you see what I'm trying to say? If this becomes my thing, then you're not focused on him and then we all should just go home. And the same with these messages. Like the whole idea is just, Father, what, how, do we get, how do we get to focus on you, Right. So just so you know, behind the curtain, that's what you're walking into. And if ever it becomes a focus on AJ or Lisa or Bruce or who, Terry, whomever, don't come here anymore. We're here to focus on Jesus Christ. So that's another thing, though. Ready? I know those voices uh, from the side tell you they, uh, uh, I don't really want to go be around a group of people in the darkness. I don't want to go be around a group of people. It's hard. I, I, I don't want to do that. It's uncomfortable. I can't really hide. It's scary and messy to be around other scary, messy people. And what happens? We turn to the side. That's what happens. Again, I'm not, I'm not coming at anybody. I want to tell you a story real quick, though. Um, the day that I did receive Christ Jesus, I won't give you the whole story. Um, I was standing in a doorway, and there was this guy I knew who... We all were sort of scared of him because <laughs> he was a creepy Christian, okay, where everything was God, which is fine, and everything is God, but just like, oh, he's going to try to talk to you about God. Oh, so I like tried to skirt around the room, and he was in his creepy prayer room. I'm not talking bad. I'm telling you how it really was, and I had to go to the bathroom, and I was like, oh, I got to go by the creepy prayer room to go to the bathroom, and the floor was squeaky. This is my testimony. Isn't that funny? So I'm, I'm like in my sock feet, and I'm trying. And he must have had spiritual radar because beep, beep, beep. Like, hey, you. And I said, ah, he got me. <laughs> and I put both hands on the door frame like this. I'm standing up. I was 17 years old at the time. Uh, Way to strapping buck 20 at the time. <laughs> I did. But, um, and he says, hey, hey, you, do you want to accept Jesus? Now, remember, I had no frame of reference to who that was. But can I tell you something real quick? If you don't take anything else from today, I want you to take this. Everything inside of me screamed, no, run, 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 no. This weirdo is trying to convert you to weirdoism. No. Can you follow me for two seconds, though? Yeah. Insta-sweat, panic. And you know what's funny? God gave me the presence of mind to go, why am I freaking out right now? Why at the name of Jesus do you feel something inside of you? I can say any other name, Hector. <laughs> do you feel anything when I say Hector? Hola, Hola Hector. Right? But if you say the name Jesus or Jesus loves you, you feel something like blah, 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 inside you. And so at 17 years old, knucklehead that I was, holding the door frame, and he said, do you want to accept Jesus? And I said, wow, everything in me is screaming to run away. So yes, I do. That's how I got saved. That's how I met Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Just by having the wherewithal inside of myself to realize there's so much screaming at me in the darkness, this must be light. That day changed my eternity and my families, and apparently this church's, and on and on and on. But, and then I'll get another story. So I hit the ground running, and I, I led some Bible studies in college, still friends with some of them. They probably watched the, the stuff. 
Um, well, we were looking around for church in uh, in Plattsburgh, where I went to college, and because uh, I know corporate gathering, he gather. So we gather. We go to all different churches. Went to a Catholic church for a long time. Was friends with the priest. But one day we went to an Assemblies of God church. I'd never experienced this, but they want to stay all day. <laughs> and I didn't pack a lunch. So <laughs> I was going to make a fish and loaves joke just then. but <laughs> So I'm sitting there. Remember, and I had brought a bunch of people who were at church for like the first time. And cool stuff was happening. Solid teaching. I could tell you the message was about Holy Spirit and is it right to pray to him and stuff like that. I still remember that that many years ago. But I'm sitting there and yeah, we know some tumbly jumbly. Should have brought some crackers or something. But the girl next to me, I don't want to say her name. She starts freaking out. She's like, aggressively tapping her foot and like and i'm like yeah. he like settle down you know come on man and and so this just kept getting worse and worse and she was like fidgeting and i was like what's wrong and she's like wah, 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 wah. i don't even sure those were words and so she's like, that's it i'm out of here and i was like where are you gonna go <laughs> i drove my car we're like four blocks okay bye and she went out and i was like that was and the other guys were like i'm like Ugh. you know don't they she was the only girl that stood. We wouldn't say anything, but um, so I get in the car. She's just like running laps around my grand dam, and I was like, "What is wrong with you?" And she's like, ah, "Just, just taking forever." I was like, "You got something to do today?" No. Has he got any homework or something? No. I said, "Why are you so upset?" She's like, "I really, I don't know." Were you not enjoying it? Did the guy say something that? I, no. I said, "But boy, you had to run out of there, huh?" Huh? And she had this look on her face. Now I'm not. I'm not saying anything spooky. I'm just saying sometimes you ever notice that things go on inside of you and you're like, what is going on? You ever notice that? Why did I get so angry at that? Why did... Hmm. Voices in the darkness want to get us to focus elsewhere. That's all that was, right? They were jumping jacks going... And it happens in here too. It happens in here all the time. If you don't like certain things I do or say or the decor or the decoration or the placement of the clock, they're all just voices getting you focused on something else. And it'll always be there, no matter where you go. Ooh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I also feel that God is saying that in relationships, too. Because <sighs> what, what's happening is there's an attack on families, as we know. And the relationships you have around you are where you're going to experience God most closely on this planet, most likely. I'm getting one or two head nods. That's good. So guess what's going to happen? Those voices are going to try to distract you away from putting effort and forgiveness and grace and focusing on Jesus's way of doing things in that relationship. That's what's going to happen. Every little voice is going to take and, and convince you you'd be happier elsewhere. Even though it's just a lie. It's just trying to get you to, con you know, focus on other things. So let me keep going. I, 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 yeah. Okay. Boom. If you choose, okay. If you choose to follow Christ, focus on Christ Jesus. And I mean this, and I mean day to day I wake up and I go, I mean, whatever it looks like to you, Father, what would you have me to do today? Do you know what happens? Focusing on Jesus also kills comparison. The darkness says, look at them. Look at their Facebook, their parenting, their politics, their walk with God. Isn't that amazing? If we aren't focused on Jesus, we'll even focus on picking apart other people's walk with him. But if we're focused on Christ, we're not focused on other people, and that kills comparison. And comparison always kills joy. Two things comparisons do, and I'm going to just fire fast. One, it can lead to pride if you're doing better than that person. And two, if it doesn't, it'll make you feel like a worm. Send you to a spiral of depression. So here's, here's the thing. What, is, what does Uncle AJ always say? Keep your eyes on your own paper. And what I'm really saying is this. Keep your eyes on what, what Jesus is doing in your life. Focus on him. Comparison kills joy and Jesus kills comparison. If you really understood how Jesus felt about you, do you care as much how others feel about you? I've gotten there. I've gotten there. I'm 30, 38 years old now. I, I've gotten to the point where 
I know people aren't going to like me to a degree, no matter what you say or do. Sometimes people just set up to do it. Right. But I realized this, he really likes me and I'm working on that and feeling his love and trying to feel the intimacy. So I don't have time for these other voices as much. Like that's nice. That sucks. That didn't work out between the two of us. I've actually had to say that in friendships lately. You know, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I did everything I could to be your neighbor. I did everything I could to be a friend. That really stinks. It worked out this way, but I'm going to work on over here. Because I'm not truly feeling his love quite the way I know I should. So that's where I'm going to put my time, effort, and energy. Jesus will always kill comparison, and comparison kills joy. Focus on Jesus will also do this. You'll end up religion-proof. You guys always get confused, which I'm a, little, I'm a little surprised about after three years of saying it. Seven, if you've truly been with me in ministry. Religion is man's attempt to earn God and control God and pick who he loves. That's religion. God is the least religious entity being ever. God did not invent religion. God invented a relationship with his creation and has done everything to restore that relationship. Do you understand that? So that's what I'm talking about. The structure of coming together and gathering, that's not religion, that's worship. That's fellowship. We could rename this something fellowship if that makes you feel better. But really, that's not religion. Religion is your attempt to earn God. Focusing on Jesus will be like sunblock or something because religion says, look at you. Relationship says, look at Jesus. Do you understand that? Even this way, because some of us, we're still got that religiosity kicking around on us. Focusing on Jesus says this, focus on me, not even what you're doing. Real faith says this, focus on Jesus, what he's doing corporately and in my life. And here's a quick, good question for you to see if you're religion proof. You ready? What's he working on in, in, in me right now? And I can tell you right now, if you asked me that, and I think we should ask each other that, what's God doing in your life? Would you have an answer? Not coming at you. If not, that might mean you're not focused on him. And again, nobody's coming at you. It might be you're just distracted. I'll tell you what God's focused on in my life right now. It's, it's being mistreated and, and, and focusing on relationship more than being right. People still think I'm crazy. I had to explain how I, I gave my tenants money back and they just couldn't get there. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I really feel like God's teaching me you're going to get cut up. Following Jesus means picking up your cross and it's hard and it hurts, but prioritizing how I treat people over how I'm treated. You know what I'm saying? That's what God's working on in my heart right now. And number two, the fact that I can feel his love because I've been so numb for so long. There, you poked behind the curtain. That's my intimate details of my life, helping me to actually feel appropriately for other people and God. That's what God's doing right now. That's what I'm doing. So if you can't really say like, you know, what's God doing in your life right now? Well, then just shift your focus and say, Jesus, hey, he asked a question. What are you doing in my life right now? Do you get it? Otherwise, your focus might be elsewhere. Let me... Uh, step toward closing here focusing on him is purposeful it's a simple step in that direction like Bruce said I don't know what it looks like oh by the way this message is all over the place and blah 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 and then he walks up to me and goes I really feel like I want to talk about what you say focusing on God or walking with God. same thing just different verbiage that's good confirmation for me what does it look like for you to focus on God I don't know because for me, it's that extra time out when I'm throwing the wood off the wood pile and stacking a few pieces of wood where instead of just having the podcasts in, which are a good thing, I just take a minute and I just acknowledge God. Does that make sense? And we all understand that because like you climb a mountain and you, you feel God. Uh, family just got back from Alaska. You just take the other distractions away and just focus. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes if, oh man, I got to stop ignoring you. Hi, everybody. Um, I sometimes will do this and I expect this big grandiose thing. I talked about it a few weeks ago. He's in the still small voice. He's in the still small voice. But if this is going on constantly in my life, I can't hear it. 
You know, what does my Facebook say? What do they say? I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I gotta, that was my yesterday. Uh, you know, focusing on God means to just silence the other things. And again, what does that look like to you? Do you got to get up at five in the morning and do a devotional? I don't know. Some of you relate to music. Lisa, she won't mind me telling you that because she does it all the time of year. It might mean this. <sighs> Let me just play this song. And while I'm playing this song, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about getting to work, right? And God can speak through that stuff. And that's just turning in his direction and focusing. And when we focus on Jesus, the supernatural becomes available, right? Let me go back to my foot thing real quick. I'm no, I mean, I've told you, yes, Bruce, you made me realize, yeah. God has healed me of like, what, four or five different things? It's crazy, just since I've been here, right? All it is every day was just focusing on him and not the pain. And then like, like I said, Bill and I forgot it was a problem. <laughs> we were building the deck and I got done with the day and went, oh, my foot doesn't hurt no more. I just was focused over here. I was focused on what you said, Jesus. I didn't focus on the pain and boom. I know y'all looking at me cross-eyed, but that's just the reality of it all. Focusing on Jesus is personal, is purposeful. I want to remind you of two things. Again, supernatural is available to us. And number two, most people won't do this. Life is just too distracting at times. One final thought is this. Our goal in focusing on Jesus Christ, what's our reward? It is Jesus himself. That's our goal. To look to him means to love him, to yearn to be with him, to see him as he is, to live in fellowship with him forever. One day we will see him without any veil between us. One day, not with mom and not with my wife or husband, there will be a day when face to face I meet the one who created me. And, I'm a, and it's going to be a great day for most people in this room in the sound of my voice. It's going to be the best day. One day we'll see him with our eyes and we will spend eternity with him. We will see him, hear him, touch him. That is all going to happen. And for that, we run. And I talk about this all the time. I talk about life and life abundantly. But if I've ever made it unclear in the three years I've been here, if I've ever made it unclear that Jesus is our reward and we get to serve him, I'm sorry. He is the reward. Not the foot being healed. Not the life and life to the fullest. Not this rescued marriage. No, it's him. And for him, we run. You know the first thing you're going to do in heaven? Let me clear this up real quick. Do you know the first thing you're going to do in heaven? You might. I was going to ask you, but I'm being nice. Uh, I'm going to see my dad, my uncle, my cousin. Izzy said she's going to fly. <laughs> That's my daughter. Because me and Alex were having a conversation about, about it. And how many of you know the little sibling wants to join it too? I'm going to fly to the moon, she said. You know, she says moon too. I'm going to fly to the moon. <laughs> I don't care if you find that funny. I'll tell it five more times. She's going to fly to the moon. No, actually, Izzy, you're going to fall to your knees before the creator of all things, Jesus Christ. And it's crazy because uh, you think we know relationship now. I'm going to show you something controversial. Let's do it, B. I think. Yes. Jesus himself said this. Said this. The people in this age, they're married and they're given in marriage, which is our greatest relationship, quote unquote. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age, the age to come in heaven and in the resurrection from the dead, will neither marry nor be given in marriage. And they can no longer die for they're like the angels. They're God's children since they're children of the resurrection. In heaven, you won't be married. The Sadducees came to him and said, hey, hey, hey we trying to want to trap you because this chick was married a bunch of times. When she shows up, all her husbands are going to be there that died. Oh, that's my wife, my wife, my wife. Oh, we have a problem. <laughs> that's like an old timey movie, isn't it? Like a... <laughs> Yo, <laughs> and Jesus is like, yo, 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 you don't, well, he doesn't say yo, 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 but he, you know what I'm saying? Um, he says, you guys don't fully understand this. 
There's, it's a realm outside of what you understand. Being with God is going to be such a fulfillment of relationship that even our favorite relationship on earth will fail to compare. Relationship with humans is the shadow. The real thing is God. Let me do this. So they're thinking, okay, I'm going to use the microphone. So they're thinking that this is the reality. That's nice, yeah. It's, but the reality is the real object is this. We were created for relationship with God. We vicariously get to have relationship with people. But when the veil is gone and all possibilities come back, we get the immediate one that was originally created for us, oneness with God. Does that make sense? What language are you going to speak in heaven? Let's do some common sense. Because Mumbuku is going to come up to me clicking. Maybe. Come on, right? You know, you're going to have language in heaven? I want you to think outside of the box here because you think you can walk up and use your tongues and lips when you're in a spiritual realm, people? What about time? The people who have died before you in Christ Jesus, do you think they're waiting for you because all of a sudden you step outside of time when you die? We're limiting the experience of reality because guess what? Jesus is our reward. That's what I'm trying to say. When you get to heaven, I love uh, Mercy Me. Well, I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still. Whatever he chooses, brother, because all creation flows right through him. And, cre and creation is still being created. Oh, my gosh. So do you see why? Do you see what I just did, too, by the way, by doing that? I helped you focus on them, didn't I? When was the last time you thought about the problems you had walking in here? And how big are they now? When you realize all creation spinning through him. <laughs> you see that? It'll cure what ails you. Absolutely. You'll be able to walk on water even. One last example. This tragedy happens to Jesus' close friends. Lazarus dies. Call it whatever you want, the death of a marriage. Call it the death of a dream, whatever you want to call it. And if Mary walks out, I believe it was Mary, don't quote me on this one, and she gets to him first and says, Master, if you'd have been here, I know this wouldn't have happened. And, he's, and, and he says, um, you know, all things are available to me. Do you believe this? And she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll rise again on the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus says, he uses the opportunity, he goes, I am the resurrection and the life. Remember this? It's in John. What did he just say to her? Look at me. Right? Look at me. She's looking at the tragedy. My brother's dead. My brother's dead. We're females in a very patriarchal society society. If we're not married, we might end up be, being sold into prostitution if nobody takes care of us. And there weren't any clinics or, or halfway houses or anything like that. The male died. We're in trouble. And Jesus goes, just lifts her eyes. Look at me. Because what you're going to find in this circumstance in your darkest hour with the darkness screaming and said, look at me, look at me, look at me, is I'm actually the resurrection and the life and I can do whatever I want and I'll never leave you. I'll never break relationship with you. I'm never more disappointed than I am in love with you. If you've been away from me, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm searching the horizon for you at all times. I created you to love you and to be loved by you. That's it. Focus on me. Yeah? To me, I felt like it was a rudimentary message, but you know what? No, it's not, because it's where you start and where you end. And if all that other stuff gets in there and fun, it's distractions. So did we? We didn't get stuff lined up, did we? We were going to do communion, and I totally forgot about it. <laughs> um, we're going to do communion probably next week. Um, I taught about communion a while ago. Go refresh on the teaching if you wonder. Communion is open for everyone that, that wants Christ Jesus. Whether you feel like you have him or not, if you're aiming in that direction, we will do communion. But right now, let's go ahead and um, let's get up here and we're going to sing Amazing Love. 
Because that is a chiropractic alignment. Because it says, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted because you were condemned. I am alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. We focus on him.